What's up guys, welcome back to another episode of the First Defense Audio Installment. This is episode 11, I think. And we're fresh off the Bristol Dirt Race. Um, Pretty mixed reactions to the race. I personally thought it was good. I want to talk about it more in depth later, but it... I will say the main takeaway for me was that the dirt guys were the best guys and we didn't really see what Logano had but Bush was probably the only pavement guy that I saw that really ran up front and could compete with those guys but at the end of the day after Bush blew up it was pretty much all dirt guys up front um Christopher Bell finally gets a win with JGR and he's kind of carrying JGR right now He's becoming one of the best drivers in the series, and I mean, I've been picking him a ton this year to win, so yeah, I'm probably continuing to do that, and he's probably going to be one of the guys to beat this weekend at Martinsville, especially considering he's the latest winner there. Alright, so yeah, like always, we're going to go over the standings and then the finishing positions, everything like that, so Bell took the lead. The HMS penalty really affected the standings, and that gave room for Bell to grab the top spot away from uh, Chastain, I think was there. Yep, and then Harvick's in third, Larson's in fourth, Reddick's all the way up to fifth. He's up seven spots. Kyle Busch is in sixth. He was probably going to be top three until that uh, broken piece in the end, broken shock. Truex seventh, Logano is down to eighth. Kozlowski, Blaney, Bowman, Hamlin, Stenhouse. Stenhouse is all the way in 13th. I mean, take the Daytona 500 win away. They're having a really good year. And, I mean, this has got to be probably the best year they've had in a while. Um, I can look, but he's in the playoffs. He's running good. I mean, consistent finishes in the first two rounds we saw can get you pretty far just by not wrecking. William Byron, 14th. Cindric, Busher, McDowell, Gibbs, Suarez. Briscoe, LeJoy, Dylan, and then Bubba's down to 24th. Uh, I don't know what else. Gregson's down in 30th. He was going to have a really strong run, but had some issues. Priest, 27th. Dinger's down there. Jones. So definitely some guys that need to turn their season around, and then there's some guys that are running really higher than expectation. All right, finishing positions. Bell obviously won. Reddick, Dylan, Stenhouse, Briscoe, Haley. Martin Truex Jr., that was his best finish of the season, surprisingly, pretty nuts. Gilland, Harvick, and Ty Gibbs. So, Ty Gibbs is on four top tens. He's been running really strong, kind of just surviving, getting it done, and then being there at the end. All right, yeah, I just wanted to mention the top ten real quick because there's always people you forget that ran that good, especially this week with, you know, Haley and Gilland in there. So... Right off the bat, starting with the heat races for Cup. Uh, I mean, Hamlin on his podcast was saying, like, it's luck of the draw if you start in the back. But the guys that we expected to be up front were up front, and they had good heats. Bush drove up to, I think, second. Um, Larson got right up to first. Bell, all those guys qualified good, and that's who we thought was going to qualify good. On my ones to watch on my Instagram, I had Legano, Bush, he qualified fifth. Briscoe, I think he qualified okay. Kind of struggled in the heats. Larson won the pole. Honorable mentions. Reddick, he was super fast. Bell was super fast. Long shot, I had Stenhouse. He ran really strong. So this race isn't like an oddball race where 
anyone can win. You really have to have a good car and run the track good to be able to win. Um, so yeah, the heat races were good. I think they would be better if they were a little bit longer, maybe. I don't know, maybe the 25 laps, just so if you did start in the back, you don't have an excuse for not winning it, because chances are we're going to get a little spin, caution's going to come out, and you're going to get a chance to maybe pass five cars in the opening laps, or three, and then get the rest of them. But either, either way, you'll have enough passing points. I think the problem with that is it does leave the door open for someone getting a ton of passing points, but if you gave some points to the guy for leading laps, it might balance it out. I probably shouldn't even talk about this because if it's good how it is, I really liked it, and if we start changing it, it might open up a bunch of other stuff to happen, so I liked it. Uh, they, they were entertaining, just short shootouts. Um, so yeah, going into the race, track position was definitely important, but there were so many cautions. If you could pass a few guys each caution or each short little green flag run, then you could really get up to the front and guys did it. I mean, guys were doing it all night and I saw some of the best cars get shuffled back and drive straight back up to the front. Reddick did it, Bush had to do it, Larson before spinning. Uh, I'm sure Bell had to do it, Dylan did it. So all those guys were running good. I think Gregson started 30th, drove way up to the front before he got wrecked. So what I'm getting at is qualifying was important, but you could definitely kind of avoid some wrecks and get up front. It, it This race really is tough if you don't qualify well because of how much attrition there is. It It's really a huge advantage to just qualify good and then stay on a good pitch strategy and don't lose track position because it's really going to help you. I feel like sometimes passing um, the good cars, you need 10 to 15 laps to kind of get your rhythm and then make a pass on someone and you need the cars to be spaced out because you go to make a slide job you get put three wide it's just insane so that's another reason qualifying is important but some more passing in this race than some almost all the races i feel like this year there was comers and goers the track was just changing drastically which i really liked some guys were good on the bottom but then I mean, by the end of it, they were all the way to the top, and they were building up that cushion, like you see at a dirt race, which was crazy, and some guys really, like, started to thrive in that, and other guys kind of started to struggle, which definitely had to do with just where they like to run and where their car was good, but that made it interesting. I do, I, I don't know if it's a little too long where the top gets, like, super powerful and you can only run up there maybe if we shorten the race a tiny bit i just don't know how that would change like pitting and everything so but i mean reddick was gonna get bell and you could do slide jobs just bomb it in and miss the corner basically but then if you get crossed over you're on the outside line preferred line so they either have to slide job you back or they have to try to pass you some other way but that's that's definitely the way to make passes and we saw guys do it multiple times that's when the racing was really heating up and the best uh guys were leaning on each other um here's where we'll talk about the larson and priest thing but i mean guys were definitely leaning on each other more than they usually do but i think that's just kind of expected like bush kind of was leaning on reddick that one time and 
he's just going trying to get the lead because he probably didn't think he had another chance. But it, the cars are tough enough where they can take it. Obviously, constant, decent-sized hits to the wheels throughout the entire race was going to cause stuff to break, like toe links and all that. But they could really, like, get on a guy's door and just... I'm assuming just kind of modulate the throttle and just hang on them, which was really cool about it too. And I don't think we could have done that with the old car, so I love that. Um, so yeah, then we had the Larson and Priest thing. So at first, I was like, yeah, Larson came up the track. So I definitely thought it was Larson's fault. And then Hamlin said it was Larson's fault. So it was kind of just a typical just putting someone in the wall. I mean, we saw it happen all day. It happened to bush from his teammate and other guys out there so it was just kind of a basic bristol and basic bristol dirt thing especially and priest definitely had a reason to get mad i don't understand why he he said something about a private jet and all or his team did there was all kinds of stuff going on uh on the radio and he drove up to him it just I don't get why he came up to him under caution and then just waited for him in the back and completely destroyed him. Like, you either... They always say give and take, and you can, like, remember stuff and use it when you need it. Like, for example, um, if Chastain takes out Hamlin last year at Gateway, this actually happened. Um, and then Hamlin kind of just used runs him into the wall at Pocono, makes it look like an accident. That helped Hamlin. Chastain had probably the best car at the time. He took him, he forced Chastain to uh, make a decision, which ended up ending Chastain's day, and then Hamlin went on to win. Obviously, he got DQ'd, but if not, then we know how it would have ended. So for Priest to just wait for him and just wreck him like that, it's just it's weird to me, but I guess he got his point across. I mean, he had a right to be mad, but to chase him around under caution and do make such a huge deal about it when you're that low in points, I I mean, I get it. He doesn't want to be raced like that, but it's just kind of weird to me. But, I mean, Priest was having a good run, so got to give him credit there. He was definitely one of the fastest cars. Who knows what would have happened if he would have maybe fought for the win, but just kind of a crazy thing. I wonder if Larson's, I'm sure it's over, but... Who knows, maybe Larson gets back at him. I doubt it. And then we had Briscoe destroying Blaney. I mean, <laughs> Briscoe is kind of the same in Larson as Larson when he's just, you don't, you're not like, yeah, he's a dirty driver, but he gets in situations where he just kind of takes out guys in the front. And it doesn't have, he doesn't have like ill intent. He just kind of makes dumb decisions. Like he hit the dirtle and then took out Blaney. It's like when he took out Hamlin, just. Stuff like that happening. Uh, yeah, Blaney was on the bottom. I mean, I don't think Blaney would have had a shot to win. Maybe he would have, depending on what happened. But, obviously, that was a good day gone bad after that. So, definitely not ideal. Um, so, yeah, it came down to Reddick and Bell. Reddick was definitely catching Bell. He was probably going to send it into the corner and try to get around him. Just the caution came out, which sucked. And ironically, it was Chastain after everyone blamed him for everything in human history last week, which was hilarious. But, yeah, I mean, I I didn't even watch the caution. It was like 
Suarez, I don't know what happened. It was just nuts. And then I guess Chastain ended up stopped kind of in the corner and they had to throw it. But Bell gets his first win. Really strong run for him. He's, like we said earlier, he's the best JGR car. He's one of the best guys in the series right now. And um, overall, it was just a good race. I want to move on to the first defense move of the race in the underdog of the race and then we have a ton of race takes and I also have some more like NASCAR facts like I did last week so I want to hurry up and get to all that before I talk too much about the rest of the race because I'm definitely going to talk about it later all right all right so the first defense move of the race got to go to Christopher Bell because in the closing laps he was just driving the hell out of his car I mean he Definitely didn't even have the best car at that point. Reddick was definitely faster, but he was doing everything, trying everything to be able to just stay in front of him and keep Reddick in his rearview mirror. Like at times he was kind of getting into the wall, but he had to and he would tap the throttle so he didn't get kind of hooked into it where his right rear gets hit and then it pushes his nose into the wall so he was definitely holding on for dear life he said after the race was the longest last few laps of his life something like that and i mean reddick was fast and he was closing right at the end in the closing laps and bell did just enough to hold on and the dirt experience definitely paid off and kind of changing up his line and just maintaining that gap and being able to pull off the win so he gets the first surface move of the race that was really fun to watch Alright, the underdog of the race. This has got to go to Justin Haley. There was a lot of underdogs. You could give it to Austin Dillon for having a really strong run. But Justin Haley's just had a rough season. They lost their appeal last week and they're buried in points. So he really needed a strong run because just he has no momentum on his side. And who knows, maybe the final appeal gets a turn. Um, overturned and then he has a strong run he gets some points back and he turns the season around a little bit and starts building back up towards where he needs to be but definitely a strong run he started pretty far back and had to pass a lot of cars so I'm sure it gave him a lot of confidence for him and his team and who knows maybe they get a couple more strong ones and get a win at one of the play tracks like Talladega coming up he's really good at those play tracks so it's definitely what he needed at this point Alright, now it's time for a race take. So like I said, I post them on my Instagram story, like a poll where you can slide up and say whatever you want every week after the race, usually Sunday or Monday. This time I just said, who would you think of the dirt race? Keep it. Would you think of the Priest or Larson incident? Because there was just so much. I asked some kind of specific questions. So the first one, make the dirt race the clash or the all-star race. This is definitely a good idea because I think it would kind of appeal to both parties because you got like the traditional saying it's stupid we need regular bristol and then you got fans like me and a lot of fans that i saw saying it was amazing racing there was constant battles in the front and we should go back here and personally with the current concrete package at bristol i mean i mean the current short track package obviously bristol's amazing and we see it but it's a um it's a pavement race and it's in the playoffs under the lights it's just you can't really replicate that in the spring so I think for the time being we should just leave the dirt and if the racing's too good this fall to pass up another um, Bristol concrete race put it back but 
maybe we do make it the clash or the all-star race because then the people who say it's stupid it takes no skill you can't pass blah 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 won't complain because there's no points involved but we still get to see the great racing i honestly think there's just a small group of people that just hate the idea of it and don't actually hate the racing and also if your guy doesn't run good you're automatically going to be negative towards it i would say so yeah all right next one dirt racing is fun it just doesn't deserve to be bristol that's we just kind of talked about that that's fair i just don't know where else you would put it because i don't know i'm sure there's some places you could explore but on the cup series i mean you can't put it at richmond or martinsville it just wouldn't work there's no way great race the battle between austin dillon kyle cush and reddick was great few less cautions oh yep definitely there was a lot of cautions i wish there was less cautions because the green flag racing was so good. I mean, there were, <laughs> every caution on the restart, there would be guys doing 360s, a race for the lead. It was honestly too much to keep up with at points. And he's the Bush did that slide job. Reddick crossed him over, and then Austin Dillon got involved in it. That was like a crazy bet. I mean, that reminded me of a Bristol battle on concrete, honestly. But they were throwing haymaker slide jobs to try to get the pass on. Also, if you don't know what he's referring to when he calls him Kyle Cush, 3Chi, the, it's like a, I don't know exactly what they are, but I know they have like CBD products and obviously some kind of weed product because they released like a t-shirt that says Kyle Cush and it has like the 3Chi car and everything. It's kind of funny. Next one, add another dirt race. We need two to three. Um... I, per I don't think we need two to three. I think one's enough because I just think it's a little too chaotic to have two to three. And I don't know. I think if I don't know where else we would go. And I, I think that we should learn our lesson with road courses where you start adding them. There's a st should be a stopping point. Don't just go insane like we did with road courses. All right, next one. It's great. Went last year. Loved it. Battles through the field the whole race. Yep, that, that about sums it up for me, too. Great race. Keep it, but I do miss Bristol Pavement. Larson was at fault. Yeah. Bristol Pavement's its own animal, too. Um, can't wait for that race in the fall. And then Larson was at fault. Yep, he definitely he put Priest in the wall. It wasn't intentional, I'm sure, but it was definitely his fault keep the dirt race it was amazing and keeps getting better yeah i think this was the best one for sure i don't know how the first one got the best ratings on jeff gluck's poll i i honestly don't really remember that race very well i just remember there being so much dust you couldn't see anything but i don't remember there being insane slide jobs like this and the best dirt guys got wrecked out bell and larson so we didn't get to see battles like that so yeah i think this was the best one last year we had all that rain and we didn't have haymaker slide jobs as often except for at the end all right there was more lead changes i believe last year by quite a bit but it did not feel like that all right definitely some really good race takes today i like that we got a ton the more the better um i have some more nascar facts no one really re i didn't really hear any feedback about them I mean, I never really get any feedback on the podcast because you would have to DM me, I guess. But definitely DM me and let me know what you think. I'll I'll change it or add stuff or get rid of stuff. Um, 
I just I I really like looking at the stats, putting the some of the um things going on in the season into numbers. So this is these are all from Trey Ryan. I'm gonna just put his Twitter link because I'm taking so many stats from him. So I want him to get more credit than just saying his handle. So his um his at is gonna be in the bio of the pot or the description of the podcast. All right. So, Bell has the most top 10s in the uh, next-gen car at 26. He just passed Chastain, and then it's Chastain and Harvick tied. Laps led, Larson has the most this year at 438. Bush is at, in 10th at 47, and then you got, like, Bell, Chastain, Reddick, Hamlin, Keselowski's in there, Logano, who you would expect. All right. Uh, Eric Almirola is officially having the worst start to a season ever. He finished for worse than 30th in five of the eight races. That's pretty insane. His average finish is 26.1. 2023 average finish. Bowman is still maintained the lead at 9.9 after a rough day. Um, it looked like Bush was going to uh, take over for the uh, best average finish because he was like the only guy out of Bowman and Chastain that was running good, but his broken car put him down to 5th out of 12.5. Then you got Blaney and Hamlin, 9 and 10 at 15, about 15. Ricky Stenhouse in 8th out of 14.9, like I said earlier, having a really good year. Austin Dillon spent every lap of the Bristol Dirt Race in the top 15. This is the first time he spent every lap of a cup race in the top 15 since October 2016 at Dover. Wow, that's pretty impressive really good run for him i'm curious to see if him and kyle can go on a heater again like they did in the beginning of the season they've kind of been struggling on speed a little bit they were definitely fast here we'll see what they have at martinsville but definitely talladega i think they'll be good and i mean austin is really good at play track so maybe he gets a win um okay and also, his driver rating was 121.2, which is the best he's ever had in 344 starts. So it was really, I mean, if he had won, it would have been the best race of his career just because how well he ran. I mean, he he looked like he was supposed to be up there. He was easily maintaining in the top three, top five. So that was cool to see. Season best finishes for Bell, Truex, Briscoe, Dillon, Gilland, Burton, Justin Haley, Ty Dillon, J.J. Yelly. And you might say that um this is because it's a dirt race oh it's stupid anyone can run good but yilly dirt dylan dirt haley dirt burton not dirt gillen dirt dylan austin dirt briscoe dirt truex um took some circumstantial stuff but that's every race and then bell dirt so i mean the dirt guys really shined in this race that's it for facts by the way i think there's those were cool i hope you guys like them um yeah I'll just do this every week for now. I think that's it for Bristol Dirt. I think I covered everything. Truck race was good. Had a lot of cautions, and Logano kind of dominated, but it was had some good racing. Maybe we just make it a cup-only event. I don't know. I'm sure the trucks help kind of take care of the race, but might also hurt it. I don't even know what I'm talking about at this point. All right, uh, other news. So I would say one of the bigger things that happened was Cody Ware was arrested, I think, last Monday. It was announced yesterday. Today's Tuesday. So the 51 cars empty out for obvious reasons. He had, it was about um, 
assault, felony assault on a woman. Um, I mean, I'm not going to just start accusing the guy of stuff. You don't just, like, you're not guilty until proven innocent. It definitely doesn't sound good. I'm not, and his brother got arrested for the same thing, so it's definitely sketchy. But all that aside, doesn't really concern us. The more important thing is someone's going to have to take over in that cup car, the 51. I mean, this this is really interesting to me because what does this mean for the 51 car going forward? I mean, I'm assuming they would just continue to feel that maybe they sell the charter. I, this could definitely shake things up. It's odd. I don't know what's going to happen, but I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Um, definitely not a good look though. Um, the Hendrick penalty. So they obviously won their appeal. Then they were, their cars were taken to the R and D, the, um, 48 and 24, and they got them again. And there's kind of like a, I don't know what you call it. There's just a, I, this idea that it's random. We know it's not random NASCAR. They don't use it to punish people, drivers and teams, but they use it to show that you're like you're not bigger than the sport and i'm not saying that the hendrick cars think they're bigger than the sport but i think that nascar felt like they didn't take ownership of what they did with the louvers and they also didn't like how the appeal ended so they kind of took matters into their own hands again and they got them on it something else and i think it's funny hendrick i mean i don't blame i'm not saying i blame them for the way they act with this stuff, but they said we aren't going to appeal the penalty because it wasn't on something that affected the performance of the car. I might, I'm that's not an exact quote, but the reasoning was that it, if they were to appeal it and win, they can't keep doing they or if they were to appeal it and win, it would be so they can keep using that part how they feel fit. So they they refuse to, they're, they they don't take ownership of what they did. I mean, they're saying that basically, yeah, we would appeal it, but it's not really worth it for us because uh, this part doesn't really help us on performance. It's for something else. Instead of saying we modified a part we weren't supposed to, um, we broke a rule. And we know Hendrick, if they feel like they were wrongfully penalized, they're going to appeal it. So this is their way of admitting they kind of cheated up a part. All right. I mean, I'm not calling them cheaters. I'm just saying every team does it. Modifies a part, makes it a little bit better. Then Denny, he lost his appeal. I mean, winning appeals is just obviously hit or miss because no one thought that Hendrick would win and Colleague would lose. So I don't have much to say about that. I do wonder how this is going to affect retaliation and in race contact going forward. I kind of hope that it was a pride thing for NASCAR because he went on his podcast and just was like, yeah, I ran him in the fence, kind of do, I do what I want. Like Denny just messing around and NASCAR is like, you don't run the show. Because they definitely would have just called that a racing incident in any other situation. So maybe it was a podcast. I don't know. We'll just have to wait, see what happens. I'm not going to guess. And just go through all the scenarios of what could happen because it's endless. Either way, then he lost his points and he's not getting them back. 
All right, next week's race, we got the paperclip Martinsville. The One of the best short tracks on the schedule. I hope it's a great race. We have the new package, see how it performs there. The drivers are kind of saying it's two ticks out of 10 better than what it was um, last year. So if it's you can't pass, how bad can't you pass one out of 10? I It's like an eight. That's how hard it is to pass. Now it's down to a six. So we they made gains, and I'm sure it'll show a little bit. I just don't know how much. I'm sure qualifying is going to be important. I think if you have an... Denny said if you have a really good car, you can pass, so that's definitely true, but I, I would say you can't really make pit road mistakes, speed, unless there's a ton of cars down a lap. So we'll see who's fast. I expect the JGR guys to be fast, specifically Hamlin and Bell. Hamlin swept the two stages last fall. Bell won the race. Um, Truex just can't win right now, so he's not on my radar. HMS, Byron won this race last year. Larson just won Richmond. I think it'll be a battle between those two teams. I'm curious to see how Penske does. They've had short run speed, great qualifying speed, but just had nothing in these races lately. So we'll see if Logano has a strong run. He was decent last year. Blaney as well. Um, Trackhouse, I mean, Chastain's managed to get fast or good finishes here, but not because he ran up there just because of the wall ride and other things. Maybe they'll bring speed. RCR, I'm not sure. They kind of struggled at these short tracks lately. Who else? RFK, maybe they're decent. I mean, someone's got to fill the other top 10 spots if it's not. Because it can't be all HMS and JGR, especially all 8 cars. Someone's going to be up there that we didn't expect for sure with some good speed. Alright, now I'm going to go over my rate. Oh, by the way, the cup race at 3 o'clock Sunday practice. Friday at 4.35, qualifying Saturday 5.20, Xfinity race Saturday 7.30, practice Friday at 5.05 and 5.40, truck race is 7.30, night race Friday, there's some tr- cup guys in that field, Bush, Chastain as as of right now, and they qualify Friday at 3.05 and practice, qualifying practice is at 3.05 and 3.40. So for trucks, I'm going Kyle Bush. I I think I'll just pick him every time he's in the field because he's my guy and because I don't know how you could go against him. I mean, Chastain should be fast. He was fast at Coda and kept up with him. We'll see. It could be a battle. I wouldn't be surprised if Bush moved him out of the way for the win because he's been saying he knows nothing about respect. Yada, yada, yada. We'll see. I would love to see it. Nice cup battle in trucks. Xfinity Series, I'm going to take Ryan Truex. I think JGR is going to be super fast. I want to say they swept both races last year, and I would love to see Ryan Truex win a race. He's cool, and he kind of he's fighting for a ride, basically. He only does a few races a year. I think he can get it done. We'll see. John Hunter Nemechek will be tough to beat. Chandler Smith has come on really strong. Lately, Brandon Jones is good here, definitely gonna be a and there's a dash for cash and we know how that ended last year it's definitely gonna be a barn burner i'm looking forward to the xfinity race for sure cup i'm going hamlin he kind of threw this one away last fall i think they had an issue on pit road i think that's what he mentioned in his podcast but he was and he was charging up to the front he said at the end and he obviously swept the first two stages so he's gonna have a good car 
I think he finally gets it done. All right, so there's my race picks. I I want to say I picked Bell last week on the podcast, but I might have taken Larson. I've been ta- making picks on the podcast in the beginning of the week, but then around like Wednesday or Thursday, my pick comes into my head. So I can't, I always switch it. I don't really like picking this early. All right. So there's my picks. I'm probably going to stick with Hamlin. Uh, I wouldn't, I won't change after practice. I lock it in before practice. Um, yeah, I think we cover pretty much everything. Nice triple header coming up. Nice little truck race Friday, Xfinity Saturday, and then Cup Sunday. So Bristol dirt overall, I thought it was a good race. Penalties this season are getting insane. Um, a lot going on. We've had some good racing, racing though. I'm, I think Richmond was amazing. And Circuit of the Americas was a really good race as well. So, hope we get another triple header of good racing. And, yeah, that's going to do it for the episode. Hope you guys liked this one. Thank you if you made it to the end. I'll see you guys next Sunday. Have a good week. Peace. <laughs>